Hi, this is Bishop E. James Logan, Senior Pastor of Christian Faith Fellowship Church in Zion, Illinois. Welcome to our podcast. I pray you'll be blessed by a fresh word from God every time you tune in. Isaiah 55, verses 9, 10, and 11. Are you ready for a word from God? All right, let's read that out loud together. Ready to begin. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain cometh down and the snow from heaven and returneth not thither, but watereth the earth and maketh it bring forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. Last verse. So shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereunto I sent it. You may be seated. I'm going to minister a word this morning titled The Saints Supply Chain. The Saints Supply Chain. It's a part of our series, Grace to Finish. The Saints Supply Chain. Certainly many of you have probably seen on the news many, many containers uh, still afloat in the ocean that have yet to reach the shore and the products therein have yet to reach the shelves, meaning they have yet to reach some of our homes. Um, <laughs> it can be surprising, shocking, and stunning for many of us Westerners to go to our favorite grocer and see our favorite product not on the shelves. And if you happen to go and ask an employee, it makes you feel even a little bit more uneasy when they say there's nothing we can do. This is America, you say. We've always been able to get whatever we want whenever we want it. In fact, we have more than what we need. So it comes as a shock to our system. Even though many of us have been in church most of our lives and have read the Bible, and certainly in this church you've heard us teach from Matthew 24 about famines and pestilence and shortages, it just didn't seem like it was going to be us. You was preaching about somebody else. And here we are in this time. Here we are facing shortages. Now, mind you, for most people, it's not shortages that we can't live without. Okay, I knew you wasn't going to say much. Let me say it again. <laughs> I know you can't, you, you can't, I'm not going to bother you yet. I'm not going to bother you yet. But for the most part, the shortages that we're experiencing are not things we cannot live without. Now, now, see, this is where I got to massage you a little bit, see, because, see, we're so blessed and so comfortable here in the West, in America, that we think we need our red Kool-Aid to make the dinner taste better. 
If you don't have your red Kool-Aid, you just ain't enjoying your meal. But you got purple, you got all these other, but you don't want that. You want your red Kool-Aid. So you rebuking them demons holding back your red Kool-Aid. Well, that's not really what I'm talking about, really, because even if you don't have your famous and favorite flavor of Kool-Aid, then drink water. But with that being said, the Bible is yet still true. There will be famines, which means extreme shortages. But what we need to remember as believers, as saints, as children of God, is that we have a supply chain that doesn't look and operate through the world. See, supply chains involve the transformation of natural resources, raw materials and components into finished products and then they deliver them to the end customer, which is us. So when we see these ships and these barges with these large containers backed up, you're probably wondering if it's something you ordered in one of those containers. But see, you need to know that God knows what you and I need before we ask him. In Isaiah 55 that we just read, the scripture says, as the heavens are above the earth, so are God's ways above our ways and his thoughts more majestic and above our thoughts. God doesn't think like we think. God's ways are not like man's ways. He goes on to say, as the rain and snow falls from above, gravity pulls moisture, precipitation out of the sky. Gravity pulls it down. As the heavens above water the earth, it causes the earth to produce what God has sown. There's very little, and you know, I don't want to get into chemtrails and all the science and all the technology and how man has messed that up. Because let's just be real. Man thinks they can do what God does. And now, because of the technological advancements that we have, a lot of men, scientists, think they can do a better job than God. And so God is the one that causes the rain to fall. God is the one that gives us seed to sow. God is the one that gave us the earth to plant the seed so that when the water and the sun hit it, that it produces the seed he gave us. Hmm. Our supply chain starts with God. Write that down. It's simple, but it's necessary. Our supply chain starts with God, who is the creator of all things, okay? Man has not created anything. Man, the best we can do is take what God creates and fashion it into something else and make something out of it. But man does not and cannot 
create. Neither can Satan create. So in Isaiah 55, God sends his word from heaven. God is comparing the rain and the snow with his word. The rain and the snow come from above, and so does the word of God. It comes from above. So the word of God, like the rain, it comes from above. And when it is planted in your heart, it will produce what God intends. Now, please understand that. Please, please, please write that down. Underscore it. When God sows his word in our hearts, it will produce what God intends. Now, as simple and basic and elementary as that sounds. Too many people don't understand that. They think that when they hear the word, they can make it be what they want it to be. I'm going to do a brief commercial here because it's going to make my point. I'm going to be doing a teaching uh, next month. I got to get my research together and put everything together about the glorious church. And uh, there's a book I keep on my desk. It's been there for about 15 years or more. It's by a bishop out of Houston. And the, the book is entitled, you've heard me say this over the years, and we had you buy the book and read it. Some of you bought it and didn't read it. Some of you didn't buy it. The book is entitled, If God is So Good, Why Are Black People Doing So Bad? If God is so good, why are we doing much better? You know why? Because we're not taking the word and doing it. See, make, let me be clear. I said this, and I'm not the only one. God one of the major things God is doing with this pandemic is allowing us time to step back and look at what we've been doing that God ain't in. Because the Bible says that Jesus is coming back for a glorious church. How glorious do you think we look right now? We got all this church. Where's the glory? So God is our supply chain. It all starts with God. So if what if what we get is from God, then the results will be godly. And that's real simple, but yet profound. So you ask yourself, with all your endeavors and all the things you're doing, how much of the results can you honestly say are godly? If they're not godly, then the seed didn't come from God. Because everything God sows produces what he wants. God sends his word like rain. When the rain falls, the grass is going to turn green. The bushes and the trees and the flowers, they're going to bud. That's happened before we were born. It's been happening since we've been alive. And if Jesus tarry, it's going to happen after we die. All of us know, and some of us are going to say a big amen after this. Some of us can't wait for spring. 
I know, I know, I know, I know. Because we automatically know what's going to happen when spring comes. Well, it should be no different in our personal lives. When we hear the word, there ought to be a springtime, some season in your Christian life where we see some fruit. There ought to be some spring. Look at somebody. I know you got your mask on. Look at them say, there ought to be some springtime in your life where we see some fruit. Going to church all this time and it's still winter time in your life. Can't stay winter time. If God is supplying you the word, There ought to come a time of productivity. Somebody make this declaration with me. Say this out loud. Say, I'm going to be more productive in 2022 than ever. I'm not just going to be just a pew member that keeps saying, amen, hallelujah. Didn't he say that good? See, again, the supply chain of the saints not the world, but the saints begins with our heavenly father. Second Corinthians 9, 10 and 11, New King James. Now may he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food supply and multiply the seed <laughs> you have sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness. Did you hear what he said? Let's read it again. Now may the same God who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food supply and multiply your seed that you've sown so that there's more righteousness in your life. Let me say it another way. Let me say it another, way, another way. The longer we live saved, the more people around us should get saved. That is the fruit of our righteousness. That's the fruit of our righteous living. More people living right. I've been saying this lately, I'm going to say it to you. I've been saying this lately, talking to preachers in different conversations. See, see there's two words. Write this word down. Example. E-X-A-M-P-L-E. Example. Then under that, write this word, insample. E-N-S-A-M-P-L-E. Insample. An example is a sample from the outside that you can look at and get an idea of what you're to look like. An insample is an example from the inside that shows you what you should look like. What do I mean by that? What does that mean? The Bible and the King James uses the word insample. So in the church, in the church, believers, everyone watching that's a believer and certainly everyone in here that's a believer, you are an insample. What does that mean? People should watch you and learn how to live right. They should watch you and see how to get the victory. See, this is why you never want to leave church when things get tough. Because somebody needs to watch you to learn how to go through tough times and stay safe. 
This is why you never want to leave the church. Watch this now. You never want to leave the church even if you get divorced. Because somebody needs to watch how to be divorced and still be saved. See, you're an in-sample. Because, because we're, we're losing strong in-samples in the church, young people in the church are using people outside the church as an example. We're going to go home on that one. See, 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 pop. See, 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 dad. If you're not a Christian in sample at home, your son going to be like another man other than you. Wow, some of y'all couldn't clap. I know that's good. That's good. I, I had to hit you with that. See, if you're not a good mother, a good Christian mother, in other words, if you're one of those people that's real sweet to everybody at church and you get home and you mean to your kids, you're not an in-sample. They're going to look outside the house for somebody to be like. And that's going to cause more friction in your home. Do like I say. I won't do like I won't do like you. I won't be like you. But if you have fruit, if you have righteous fruit, if people can see the things you do, how God blesses them, how are they not going to want to be like you? Right, right, write this down. Write this down in bold letters. How many people do I know that wants to be like me? <laughs> how many people in the first person do I know that want to be like me? There ought to be less, at least a couple, two, three people on your job that want to be like you. Because you're a man of God, a woman of God. If no one you know wants to be like you, where's the fruit of your righteousness? That's heavy. Read it again. Second Corinthians 9, 10 and 11. Now may he, that's God, capital H, who supplies seed to the sword, that's God, and bread for food, that's God, supply and multiply your seed sown. Since your seed is good, God wants to multiply your seed because that means there'll be more good that comes from your life. If your seed is bad. OK, let me let me go young. I know I'm old. You know, I ain't got no tight jeans on. And so it's just I'm just young up here. I ain't you know, I ain't trying to be, you know what I'm saying? If you wretched. then God's not going to give you seed to, to make wretched and so wretched. We got enough wretched people. We don't need you being wretched, ratchet. We don't need that. We don't need that. We don't need that. We don't need that. If your seed is wicked, you wicked. He supplies and multiplies the seed that we sow to increase the fruit of our righteousness. If you want God to increase you, then live right. It's not hard. It's not hard. If you want God to add to your seed, 
Make sure you're planting good seed. What is that? His word. Stop. Stop giving everybody your opinion and learn some scripture. See, our Heavenly Father supplies the saints with everything we need. Say that again. Our Heavenly Father supplies us, his saints, his children, with everything we need. So it doesn't make sense for us to be non-productive. It doesn't make sense for any believer anywhere in the world to be non-productive. With all this word, especially, I'm bragging on God, especially in this church. All the word we get, you ain't productive. Something's not right if you're not productive. All the good seed that you've been given. Uh, Our Heavenly Father supplies the saints with everything we need. So, again, it doesn't make sense for us to be non-productive. There are no excuses. There are no excuses. This is the problem. I can't. See, write this down. God supplies more love than we need. For you to say that God doesn't love you means there's some great deficiency in your spirit. Because God is love and he has more love than any any of us will ever need. So if you can't get love from your father, there's something wrong. There's a disconnect somewhere between you and him, and it ain't him. God supplies more grace than we ever will need. And if you've been saved for five months, you ought to know how much grace God supplies. I'm laughing at myself. I remember, I think it was last Sunday when I ran down there and, and I talked about all the times all of us said, God, if you get me out of this, I won't do it no more. And how many times did you keep doing it? And he kept getting you out. We can read that in the Old Testament. That's what Israel did. We ain't no different. Why do you think you're better than anybody else? It's amazing. Uh, I don't want to get some... It, it amazes me as I as I study history. That's one of my I love history. How at various times, certain groups, even to this day, have been led to believe God loves them more than anybody else. It's amazing how people get can still get tricked with that. You you still think God loves your group than everybody? You really still think that? History has proven that over and over again. But somehow. We love to allow ourselves to be deceived to think that God love, even in, even, <laughs> even in some marriages, a husband will think God loved them better than he loved a wife. Or vice versa, the wife feels God love. God hears me when I, it's amazing. This, I'm trying to get you untangled, all them spaghetti tangle entanglements in your marriage in your home because you got that crazy idea that God love you better than everybody else 
See, I didn't mean to go down this road, but here I am. See, when you allow yourself to be deceived into thinking that God loves you better than someone else, then when they get in trouble, you'll think they deserve it. So then you won't give any good Christian love. Well, they must deserve it. God gives us more grace than we deserve. Look at yourself. Pull a mirror out. Pull your phone. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Just kidding. You, this, this is a good time for you to look at yourself, though, for real. Just you, that joker right there. God has been gracious to you. God has supplied more grace. Than... Man, I'm getting excited. I, I got to teach this this morning. I got to teach it. Because I, 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 hallelujah. See, see, see. See, it's something about affliction that wakes you up. David said, it was good that I was afflicted. I learned something. <sighs> some of us, some of us, God, I can't let stuff go good too long. Some of us can't let it go good too long because then you think you did it. And you God's favorite. Every now and then, God got a little, little affliction hit you. Oh, God, did I do anything wrong? God, I repent. God, we straight. We good. Affliction causes us to reflect and realign ourselves. Tell somebody you ain't finna die. God finna straighten your butt out. Tell somebody you ain't finna die. God is just helping straighten you out. You ain't got beside yourself. As soon as you humble yourself, it's going to be gone. <laughs> Hallelujah. Even while I'm teaching, if you humble yourself, that pain will leave. God supplies more love than we need, more grace than we need. And God has more forgiveness than we could ever need. Think about that. I think I said this years ago teaching the number one thing I believe that God does more than anything is forgive. Can you imagine what there's 380 million or so people in America, just in America. Can you imagine on a Sunday how many people are repenting and asking God to forgive them just on Sunday? He's forgiving more than he's healing, more than he's delivering. He's, he's forgiving. More than anything right now, God is forgiving millions of people. And he already knows next Sunday they're going to be back again. God gives us more oxygen than we can breathe. Somebody going to say, Lord, take these masks off. I want some oxygen. Unhindered, uninterrupted. Uh, glory to God. <laughs> Unfiltered oxygen. Bless his name. God gives us more anointing than we need. Do, do you realize you're more anointed than you need to be. 
See, the reason some of us don't know that is because you stopped using it. You'd rather take a shot or a pill. Glory to God. You, you don't realize how anointed you are because you don't use it. <laughs> That's another message I'm going to go. So watch this. Second Chronicles 9, 8. God is able. Somebody say God is able. God is able. Say it out loud. Say God is able. Bless you. God is able to make all grace abound towards you. God is able to make all grace abound towards you so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work. God is able to make all grace. What is all grace? All grace is God showing his abundant, overflowing kindness to us. Abundant, overflowing kindness to us. God is so kind to us that it just overflows. Let me say something to you. This is why it's a sin not to praise God. It's a sin for someone to do good to you and you never say thank you. See, this is why sometimes, sometimes praise needs to be spontaneous. It doesn't need to be choreographed. Okay, now praise him. Okay, now clap your hands. Okay, now is it? No, no, sometimes you need to go through the, the day. I, I was talking to a, a sweet mother church, sweet mother, a uh, bishop, bishop, uh, 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 Pastor Cheryl Hines, and uh, she cooked some greens. Uh, some of y'all mothers know I love green. And so she cooked some greens and, and, and fresh greens and, and, and brought them over for, for, for us to eat. And I wanted to, you know, thank her personally. I didn't want to send no text. I wanted, so I called and we, we talked. Actually, Pat Cheryl called her and we on the phone. I said, Mother Hopkins, I said, you just thank you for those greens. You didn't have to do that. And she said, I said, I hope you're not busy. She said, baby. She said, I was doing something. But, you know, every now and then I just have to stop and praise God. I'm 80, what, I think 89, whatever she's in. I just have to stop and because at my age, to do anything. It's just a blessing. And boy, we start having some. I said, Mother, we finna have church here in a minute because, see, I was raised by older people and I hate it. I don't shouldn't say hate. I, I have a problem with ungrateful people and ungratefulness. And, and I'm, a, I'm, I'm concerned that even young people that are able bodied don't stop from time to time and say, God, I just thank you. I mean, during COVID, and doing corrupt, you mean you just you ought to be just grateful that you can reach in your refrigerator. Oh, glory to God. There ought to be some praise and some thank you that He supplied. Hey, God, I'm happy I've got to teach this thing. See, I live this way. I live this. Oh, bless His name. I live this way. God didn't have to supply me with anything. Hallelujah. That's why I love talking to older people. I was raised around older people because they're going to remind you to be grateful. Be seated, be seated. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Well, I'm not really sorry, but be seated anyway. God has been super kind to us. 
I mean every single person in here and watching. God has been super kind to you. You ought to stop complaining. You ought to stop your whining. God is able to make all grace show overflowing kindness. Why? He provides every charitable and beneficial gift. Everything God gives his saints is beneficial. There's not one thing that God has given us that has harmed us unless we've misused it. What did Jesus say? Even you, us being evil, if your child asked you for fish, you would never give them a serpent. In other words, if you got that kind of sense, what kind of sense do you think your heavenly father has when we ask him for something? You better know when it comes, it's going to be beneficial. It's going to bless your life. And supplies the saints with all kinds of favor. Do you know God at this? Hallelujah. Hey, God. Hallelujah. Do you, hey, do you not know right now God right this moment is supplying you and I with all kinds of favor? Right now, right now. You know, you can be healed right now of whatever affliction you have because God is supplying all kinds of favor right now. You, 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 you need to be released from that fear and anxiety in your mind because God, by his word and his spirit, is supplying all kinds of favor. Why, why, why does God provide us? Man, I feel so Pentecostal right now. Why does God provide us with all grace, all kinds of grace, all types of grace, grace, charis, charis, goodness, favor? Why? Why? Why does God supply? Because God is good. You can't get bad out of good. So whatever you and I get from God is good. But not only is it good, there's a reason it's good. The reason God provides us with good, the reason God supplies us with good is to ensure our welfare. Well, why do, why do you provide your children with the best? You, 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 you want them to have the best education. You want to have, if they're in sports, you want to have the best equipment. You know, you want to have the best textbook. You, you, you want your kids to have the best. Why? Because you want them to be the best. You want them to be the best they can be. That's why God provides us with so much good. That's why he supplies on a constant basis what he supplies because he wants to ensure our welfare. Hmm. Well, I guess I might as well say it again. 
See, 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 see. And I'm, I'm <laughs> oh, Lord, this is, I can't go there. Can't go there. Psalm 23.1. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Okay, so God supplies everything we need for our welfare so that we can be our best. And the reason he needs us and wants us to be our best is so that we can do well in fulfilling our kingdom assignments. Don't miss that. Don't miss that. See, the reason God keeps you healthy, the reason he keeps your mind on and your head on straight, the reason he provides everything and supplies all the things that he does is because he wants you to do what he called you to do at the highest level possible. That's why you're anointed like you are, so you can get the job done, not so you can glow in the dark and compete with your brother on the other side of the church. But you have an assignment that you have to complete. And God has anointed you and supplied everything that you need so that you can get it done. Why? Because one day you're going to stand before him and you're going to hope, he says, well done, thou good and faithful servant. You used everything I supplied you and you got your assignment done and you did it well. The Lord, capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D, Jehovah, the self-existing, eternal God that keeps his promises is my shepherd. That's what David said. Jehovah, hallelujah, is my pastor. David said, Jehovah is my pastor. The self-existing God that keeps his promises. He shepherds the saints. See, I'm just an under-shepherd. The Lord is the over-shepherd. That means he shepherds me to shepherd you. <laughs> That's why Paul says, follow me as I follow Christ. So the real question is, are you up in here following? Are you, are you just up in here? I'm going to say it again. Are you up in here following or are you just up in here? Jehovah is my pastor. The self-existing God shepherds me. That means I cannot have a need he won't supply. That means if the Lord is really your shepherd, that means you're leading or allowing him to lead you and guide you. 
not your flesh, not your desires, not your crazy thoughts. But the Lord, if he's literally the one that's leading and guiding you, it's impossible for you to have a need that he will not meet. Psalm 34, 9. Oh, fear the Lord, ye his saints, for there is no want to them that fear him. Is that in your Bible? Let's read that out loud. Again. I, I, don't, I don't know if you believe that. I, I really don't. I, I want you to read it so you not only hear it, but you see it. And, and it has a greater opportunity to get imparted into you. Let's ready, read it out loud together. Psalm 34, 9. Ready, go. Oh, fear the Lord, ye his saints, for there is no want to them that fear him. There is no need he won't supply. There's an old song, old song we sing back in the days, old charismatic sing. There is nothing that I need that he won't supply. There is nothing that I need that he won't provide if I believe. If I believe. I, I love the old songs. It's a scripture. It may sound corny, but it got the word in you and builds your faith up. There's nothing that you need that God will not provide. There's nothing that you need that he will not supply if you are a saint. <laughs> if you follow him. Now, remember, you can't put your hand to the plow and look back. You can't follow every now and then. You can't follow only on Sunday. You got to follow all the time. That's when you know and you learn that he will meet every one of your needs. So here's another way we could read that. Oh, fear the Lord, ye his saints, for there is no poverty to them that fear him. There's no poverty. Poverty is lack of what is needed. I'm not saying you don't have enough. You, you know, you want you got regular lays. You want barbecue. No, I ain't saying you, you know, you got chips. You good. We're, we're talking about something that you need that you don't have. If you are a child of God, if you are a saint of God, God will make sure you have everything you need. Somebody needs to praise him because you have what you need. Mm. So, so the, 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 the church in Philippi, or Philippi as some call it, the Philippian church supported Paul in his time of need. And we love to quote this scripture and, 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 and we need to make sure we keep it, that we keep it in its proper context. And so uh, Paul asked for help and the Philippian church then did send support and help Paul, like I said, in his time of need. And it, it caused Paul to rejoice. It, it, it just made him happy. And, and this is what happens when we as believers help other believers in their time of need. It makes believers happy. It makes the, I'm trying to get somebody to get this. It makes the family of God happy knowing that there are others in the family that if I need something, hey, hallelujah, that somebody in the church is going to help meet my need. They're not going to call the secretary. They're going to do it themselves. 
And so Paul was so happy that it made Paul respond with a spiritual prayer, a prophetic declaration, if you will, that we read in Philippians 4, 19. He says, but my God shall supply all your needs since you supplied my need. I'm getting excited now. Paul says, since you supplied my need, since you responded when I needed you, my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Because you supplied my need, he gives seed to the sower. Because you took some of your seed and planted it in my field when I needed it. God's going to supply your need. So whenever you need anything, hallelujah, God's going to be there for you. Supply here means to fill up. To make full and complete. Write it down. To fill up. To make full whatever you give away, God will bring it back into your life. Whatever you give that creates some space in your cupboard, in your barn, in your bank account, somebody shout hallelujah. Whatever you give to help another saint. God will fill that back up in your life. God will make that complete in your life. As we empty out the grace that God gives us, God will fill it back up. Oh, I feel like running in this church. Whatever grace that God gives us that we release to others, God will fill it back up in our lives. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. You want to know why some saints stay dumb? Because they never give any wisdom. So you don't ever get any. So most of your decisions is dumb. I know that's hard, but that's just real. It's, it's, it's late in the day you walk around. It's just, come on, y'all. Uh-uh, I can't do it. Mm-mm, mm-mm. I gave you a massage about 40 minutes ago. Now I'm the chiropractor. I'm snapping stuff back in place. I'm snapping stuff back in place. As we empty out the grace that God gives us, he fills us back up. That's how the kingdom works. Again, this is why the enemy wants to keep so many of you locked up in your home and your apartment and you never release any grace on anybody. You're getting depleted. And you don't even know why until I just said it. You, we got to get back out into the world. And release the grace of God on our lives. 2 Corinthians 4, 7. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels. Somebody said, there's a treasure in me. 
Say it again. There's a treasure in me. There's so much that God has deposited in you and I that you need to release to a lot of spiritually poor folk in the world. Hmm. God has placed treasure, grace in these earthly bodies. Do you realize how much grace is in you and on you? I'm going to keep saying this. If you're born again and spirit filled, then God's spirit is in you. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is in you. The same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead is in you. That's why it should be easy for things to come, dead things to come back to life in your life. May I declare and prophesy dead relationships come back to life. Husband and wife, father and mother, mother and daughter, son and father. The spirit of life is on the inside of you. I declare to you that dead things are coming back to life. Dead relationships will come back to life if you open up your mouth and release the grace and the anointing of God on your life. Anointing is treasure. It's precious. It's the precious oil. The world doesn't have the anointing. My brothers, my sisters, the world is not anointed. We are. You're anointed. God has rubbed himself all over you. Everywhere you go, you take the presence and the power of God with you. Don't go anywhere and just settle for how it is. Go in there knowing you can change the atmosphere because of what's deposited on the inside of you. God's strength is in you. Listen. Just because you feel weak doesn't mean you are weak. That's why we have endurance. Somebody shout endurance. endurance. Shout perseverance. perseverance. They are also treasures because there's a lot of folk ready to give up, but you're not. You know why? Because God supplies you with strength. That's why you're not going to quit because you're getting supplied. You feel his presence when you wake up and pray and sing and worship. You know God is on your side. So there's no reason for me to quit and give up. I'm constantly getting supply. When we become low in grace, God supplies more grace. Again, so we can finish our assignment. Lift your hands right now, please. And say, Lord God, give me more grace. Say it again. Say, Lord God, give me more grace. One more time. Say it this way. Heavenly Father, I need more grace. Just that prayer right there is going to last some of you for the next 10 years.
So you need to already rejoice because no matter what you, comes up against you, God has already supplied you with all the grace you need. Hey, I feel like preaching up in here. <clears throat> no matter what you face tomorrow, remind yourself, I already been supplied the grace to handle this. I've already been given the grace to handle this. This is not too much. Someone listening to me right now, whether it be through streaming or in this building, you've been hurt so badly, so horribly, that you become low in the grace of forgiveness. You can't even think about forgiving right now. That wound is so fresh. It's so painful. You wish, I, you wish I hadn't even brought this up. But the reason God had me bring it up is because there's grace coming to you right now. So you can get past that tragedy. Lift your hands right there. Lift your, oh, I thank you for, I just prayed it three times. God, give me more grace so I know now I can forgive. I must forgive. I do forgive. I choose to release that person and myself from the prison of unforgiveness. I thank you that all grace is abounding towards me now. In the name of Jesus. Someone else in here? You've been attacked by sickness and disease so much that you're low in faith to be healed. You're low in the grace of healing. But right now, as we pray that prayer, right now, as this word has gone forth, all grace is abounding towards you. And healing can manifest in your life right now by faith in Jesus Christ. He is your shepherd. He's leading you to healing. He's not leading you to more doctors. He's not leading you to more surgery. He's not leading you to more pain. He's leading you beside the still waters. He is restoring your soul. He's getting your mind re equipped and readjusted so you can believe again and understand again and embrace the truth of God's word again. God supplies seed to the sower and food or bread to the eater. Are you willing to eat right now? Are you willing to eat right now? I remember, oh, probably over, it had to be over 25 years ago, or so in that uh, time frame, Mother Karina Hines, Bishop Darrell's mother, came to the church. That Bishop had started the church in uh, 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 East Campus, and we were in the little band room or the little auditorium, I think we were. And she got up to preach, and the first thing she said was, mm, I can see who's eating and who's pushing their plate back. You know, in the spirit realm, we can see who's starving. You may be swole in the natural. 
But your little spirit on the inside of you is all debilitated because you're not eating this word. You're religious. You're saying amen, but you're not digesting it. It's not becoming a part of you. It's a shame to reject what God supplies. So then there are others that have been drained of their confidence in God through this pandemic. In your mind, I'll say this with love. In your mind, everything that could have gone wrong in your life has. So where is God? So now you're filled more with fear rather than God's love. Rather than love for God, you're filled with fear. You're frustrated. You're actually angry with God. You are secretly and privately angry with God. I know you are. Because God told me this morning about four o'clock in the morning. But you need to realize. You need to take. Yeah, an assessment, an evaluation. And look back and see all that God has supplied. And you'll never again think God doesn't love you. You'll never allow the enemy to lie to you and say God hasn't taken care of you because he has. You're breathing air right now through a nose he created. The air you're breathing, he created. The nose you're taking in, he created. The lungs that are receiving it, he created it. What have you done? God gets all the credit. That's why God gets all the glory. Let me, let me finish this. Psalm 104, 27. Watch this. Psalm 104, 27. All creatures look to you to give them their food at the proper time. Mm, mm, mm. All creatures look to God to give them food. Why? Because he created them. Have you ever, and, and I know we, we, we're looking forward to spring and summer, but have you ever just got Bothered by flies pestering you in the summer. <laughs> no matter how, <laughs> no matter how much you hate them, they ain't going nowhere. You know what? God created them. They have a purpose. You may not think they do. You may not like them. They got a purpose. That roach. Do they, do they still have those bombs that you should buy and you can just set them off in the room? Y'all ain't gonna say that. You know <laughs> I love y'all. You ain't gonna say that. I ain't got no roach. I don't know. <laughs> uh huh. <clears throat> that lion spirit. Let's deal with it right now. things that get on our nerve 
have a purpose. And God keeps feeding flies and feeding roaches because he created them. You want to get rid of them, but he feeding them. Now, you didn't want to hear that, but it's true. He, he created them. He's feeding them. Matthew 10, 29, 30, and 31. Are not two sparrows sold for a penny? And not one of them will fall to the ground apart from your heavenly father. God knows when every sparrow falls to the ground. Verse 30. Even the very hairs on your head are all numbered. Now I start crying. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Because see, this is what our bald brothers like myself need to realize. Even if the hair doesn't grow, he knows it's in that follicle. He's counting the hairs you shave that you don't want nobody to know. You still got that male pattern baldness. God keeps track of us so tough. Why? Because he has to supply everything we need. You can't supply people with anything you don't know that they need. Verse 31, Jesus says, don't be afraid. Aren't, don't you know you're, more worth, you're worth more than sparrows? Don't you know you're worth more than roaches, more than ants, more than flies? And God feeds them jokers. He feeds them. You, we humans are the apple of his eye on this planet. If God takes care of sparrows and gnats and bugs and pythons and gators, he's going to supply you and I with everything we need. I don't care how many barges and trains are stuck on the track. God's going to get to me Everything I need. All right, my last scriptures. In Psalm 104, it's a, it's a, it's a great song and a, a song of great praise because our God is great. Great is Jehovah. So in Psalm 104, verse 1, uh, it reads, Bless the Lord, O my soul. O Lord, my God, you are very great. Now think about that. If you really believe that, that, that your God is great, then he can do great things. No, see, see, let me stop and say this. See, see, we have gotten so used to saying and using superlatives for everything that don't deserve it. Oh, that's awesome. That wasn't awesome. Everybody do that. So greatness now has lost some of its power. I mean, you know, a few hours from now, people are going to be saying Tom Brady is the greatest quarterback of all. Well, I mean, it's, and don't get me wrong. I'm a sports guy, but that's just football. I mean, I'm, I'm amazed at how people make sports guys like, like gosh, great. It's just the basketball. <laughs> See, I don't get love for that kind of stuff, but it's true. It's true. It's just a sport. And we'll, we'll ascribe more greatness to a person than we do God. So he says, you are very great. Somebody say, Jehovah is very great. 
he goes on to say, you're clothed with honor and majesty. You cover yourself with light like a garment. You stretch the heavens out. Come on now. That's not a slam. I mean, what is a slam dunk and a touchdown to stretching out the heavens? Oh, my God. Ain't no comparison. Verse three, he lays the beams of his upper chambers in the waters who makes the clouds his chariot. Oh, man, I I know some of these guys got some whips, man, but ain't nobody riding the chariot made of clouds. But God. He makes the clouds his chariot who walks on the wings of the wind. He walks on the wings of the wind. Nobody, LeBron can jump. Michael jumped better, higher, but neither one of them. Oh, Jesus. None of them can walk on the wind. He makes his angels spirits and his ministers a flame of fire. Verse 13. Watch this. You water the mountains from your home above. That's awesome. Have you looked at the mountains? Have you seen the, the majesty of mountains? I, I, I love nature. I, they have now these drones that have flown over all these mountains and given us views of areas that man can't climb and airplanes won't go. And we can see the beauty. There's places on this planet no man has ever set foot. You make grass grow for cattle. You make vegetables for humans to use in order to get food from the ground. Verse 15, you make wine to cheer human hearts, olive oil to make faces shine, and bread to strengthen human hearts. Verse 28, same song. You give it to them and they gather it up. Here it is. You open your hand. Somebody say he opens his hand. And they are filled with blessings. Somebody lift your hands in this place right now and say, Father, open your hand over my life. Hey, hallelujah. As say, God, open your hand over my life. You don't want God to have a closed fist when it comes to supplying your need. This is why you got to open up your hands and praise him. Open up your hands and help somebody up. You got to open up your hands and get to work and put your hand to the plow. You don't want God's hand closed to you. Then you need to open up your hand to God. It's Psalm 145, 15 and 16. The eyes of all look to you and you give them their food in due season. Verse 16, you open your hand and you satisfy the desire of every living thing. God satisfies the desires of everything he created. Have you ever seen birds? They look like they, they don't work. They don't they don't have 401ks. They don't have bank accounts. But God supplies everything they need. 
squirrels running around playing in the snow. It's cold outside. You ever wonder, do squirrels get cold? No, they don't, because God supplies them with fur. They're not cold. Stand on your feet, please. The believer's supply chain, the saint's supply chain, is our Heavenly Father. Bow your heads, please. Bow your heads. 1 Peter 5, 6. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand. We talked about that Wednesday, didn't we? The mighty hand of God. Because that's where his power is. His finger, his hand, his arm. But the hand speaks also of his creative power. Because he formed man out of the dust of the earth with his own hand. God is forming and reforming, shaping and reshaping. He's making and molding. He's creating things that you need, I need. And let him do that in your life. Let him do that for you. Let him do it for you. Let him be your supply. He supplies seed to the sower and bread to the eater. Last thing I want to say to you. Last thing I want to say to you. Jesus said the father feeds the sparrows. But it's not the food that they. Food is not the only thing they need. God supplies food for fish. But food is not the only things fish need. Birds need to fly to be birds. That's part of their destiny. (laughs) They were created to fly in the skies. You can get a bird and put it in a cage. It's still a bird, but it's limited in its ability to fly. It wasn't created to be in a limited environment. It was created to fly over the heavens, in the heavens. You can buy fish and put them in an aquarium and there are fish swimming in that little box in your house. But they were created to swim in lakes and oceans and seas. Why am I saying this to you? You need food clothing and shelter but those things alone don't release the power of your purpose those things alone don't release the anointing in your life we need more than the basics to be all God created us to be just like the birds and the fish and every other thing he created so lift your hands right now one more time And I want you to begin to pray and you ask God to open his hand and set you in the right environment so that everything he put in you, your purpose, your destiny, the anointing, the wisdom and the knowledge will manifest and change and transform the area you live in. It's time you change where you are. 
It's time you recognize there's more in you and more to your life than getting food, clothing, and shelter. God put purpose and destiny in you that needs to be released. He has supplied everything we need. The fruit of the Spirit. The gifts of the Spirit. The wisdom of God. Yes. The whole armor of God. It's time for us to take full advantage of everything he supplies and stop looking at what the world can't supply and complain about that, about it and realize how much he's given. There's treasure in you, my brother. There's treasure in you, my brother. There's treasure in you, my sister. The world needs to experience it. If you're not saved, repeat this prayer after me. Lord Jesus, save me. I'm a sinner in need of salvation. You are the only one that can supply the salvation I need because you died on the cross for the sins of the whole world. Today, I accept you as Savior and Lord. Lead me, guide me through this life's journey. Fill me with your spirit. Teach me your word and your way so I can follow you for the rest of my life. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. Thank you for filling me with your spirit. Now give me the will and the desire to follow you and not look back. In Jesus' name, amen. If you're in this building today, and maybe you want to connect, you want to join, you want to unite with Christian Faith Fellowship Church. If that's you, raise your hand. Raise your hand. Raise your hand. I see some hands. Bless your heart. You at home, do the same thing. Let me pray this prayer over you. Keep your hand lifted, please. Father, we thank you for adding to your church in these last and evil days. We thank you for adding to your church because you said, Jesus, that the gates of hell will not prevail against your church. Well, thank you for joining us. I also want to thank you in advance for clicking on the link to support our ministry. Your giving is what moves ministry forward and ministry must move forward. You can also visit us online at cffczion.org for more information. If you were blessed by this word, please subscribe and share this podcast with your friends and family. God bless you.